It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. <laughs> Ah, jeez. Don't look now, but it's Monday. Let's get to it. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Today we'll be back at it on a Back to Work Monday with Bill Scott. Hey, Scott! Sports director of the Wisconsin Radio Network at 630. Our buddy Bags, Andy Baggett. Bags? From UWBatches.com at 715. And the one, the only, brother, Matt LePay. At 7.45. And speaking of getting to it, that's what these two are supposed to do. Here's Rob Vogel and Mike Lucas. The inevitable consequence of competition is how swiftly it can all end, leaving you just a few days later wondering, did it really happen? And what happened? Uh, Sort of a numbing feeling, because that's how I feel today. After all the euphoria of last week and leading up to that Game 7 on Saturday night, and then now it's over, and here we are on Monday, and it's like, did it happen? Was yeah. I dreaming? And Why did it end so quickly? Yeah, I was glad there wasn't a Packer game yesterday. I like needed to get away from everything. You feel and the same some, way? Yeah, because there was like a big hole and emptiness when uh, the Brewers lost on Saturday night, and you woke up Sunday like, God, it's over. It's maybe, all maybe over. Maybe we need a doctor explain our our, our motions, our sentiments today. Do we have a I'm doctor? I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. Hello. Right. Yeah, yeah, a, a doctor that. with a rough voice, but well, I'm this here. Is, this is even better because you were there. I was. So you were you were a fan. Yeah. You were in the upper deck. Yep, 417, baby. Good sight lines. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I wouldn't have been able to see is if something went in that deep right field corner. But, other, I mean, it still would have been fine. I, I, they were great seats. So thanks, Rob. <laughs> so do you, you feel, do you feel that emptiness today? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I felt it. In the sixth inning, I, I, as soon as we get the home run, that game was over. Um, that was rough. The but crowd, the crowd we're, we're, we're only a few days removed from a game seven, and it seems like months. Yeah. Like, well, when did that happen? A little bit. I mean, I, I'll say this, though, about the Packers not playing yesterday. That was that was a gift from God, it felt like, not having to yeah. I just, I, yeah, Didn't Rob, need to go through I needed, it. I needed a day. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have to sit there and watch them probably struggle again on offense. Like, I just got a day. <laughs> I just got a day <laughs> to yeah. do that. You couldn't just say, oh, time nice. out, time out. You couldn't just tell us oh, that you on. needed a day off no. without taking a shot at them. Twitter needed a break from you uh, going man, after them. Seriously, I, the... Uh, the movie scene kept playing through my head yesterday and still does this morning of Ferris Bueller. Like at the end, like, you're still here? Go home. It's over. It's I over. Go home. Like, it's Bueller not done. Gone home before yeah, Saturday. Bad Bueller, too. Like, it's not, oh, it's just, it's over. It ends so quickly. Well, give us an idea of what it was like in that stadium after the, well, yeah, what, at what moment up. would let's you set like? it up. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's good. Let, let's start with uh, 
Big Yelich home run. Um, do you want the moment or do you want the actual play and then the moment? How, how, how do you want it? You, you mean the moment? Well, okay. You want me to I describe want to, it? I want okay, you to okay. comment after the fact. How's okay. That? Uh, okay. After the fact of the Yelich home run, obviously. Well, I, wait actually, a minute. Wait a minute. I just said well, after was, the fact, which oh would mean God. after the sound bite. He's a little groggy still. That's why I was asking if you wanted it. To give his Dodgers the division championship into right center. Back at the wall. It is gone. Yelich is first. Milwaukee takes a first-inning lead, first of the NLCS. And have these Brewers been waiting for that against the Dodgers? Okay, give me an idea right. of the sound level, first uh, of all. The sound level in the, in the Miller Park. Insanity. I mean, just one of the loudest moments I've ever heard in Miller Park. I mean, that crowd was primed and ready to go. It got its first-inning moment. And, you know, what was even better about it is it's one of those things where it wasn't like a home run that everybody knew was going to go. So you're kind of like, uh like once it barely gets the on the outstretch hand of Puig, I still can't believe he didn't catch it from our seat. We it looked like it looked like he was going to get it. I know. never really got a chance to leap because he was there late. Yeah, from our section, like all of us were like, "Did he? No, okay, yeah, let's do it." But I mean, it was it was ecstatic. I mean, that's the Brewers needed a first inning run or a first couple inning run to kind of get on top of you the board. You know what board, I felt like though? Unfortunately, it didn't work. The first thing crossed my mind. What's that? David Freeze. Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. They got off to a good start. And yeah. What happens, right? That, yeah. that was, that, I'm serious. That's the what the before. first thing. Oh, Freeze Homer, they wind up losing. You know, during this series, there are different points we'd asked about, you know, what's a home field advantage? Is there a home field advantage? It was. That was one example of it. In fact, Quig had two examples of it in Game 7 where he seemed to get to the warning track and not know where he was, especially with the little part of the of He's the right center field that goes field. out a little deeper. No, but he would jump too soon. His glove would get caught in the wall, like the one You're like that yellow. About the Shaw, the Shaw double later, didn't he almost have a chance? Yeah, to get yeah, him? exactly. Yeah. So he had two of them where he gets back to right center in that area and not knowing exactly where he is and jumps when he has more room to keep He's running. He's unsure himself. Proverbial bull in the china. Shop. Sure, absolutely. But that I'm sure he would probably feel more comfortable if he was at Dodger Stadium and knowing his steps. All right. Yeah. All right. So now we would. This is our hi- highlight too. I got this, you. <laughs> now, Cody Bellinger, sound player. He's a horrible postseason last year. Was having a horrible postseason yeah. this year till he snapped out of it. But correct me if I'm wrong. Was this where Machado laid down a bunt prior to Bellinger's at bat yes. or not? Yes. yes. Yeah. On a three-two count. What did you think? What did you think of the bunt? Is insane. I've never, I thought, I've never I thought seen three, that. 3-2, and he just laid down a bunt. I mean, obviously when he gets on, you're like, wow, that was blankety-blank. But uh, I, I I was stunned by you it. You have to give him credit for it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yep. when it works, especially, yeah, nobody was expecting it um, for sure. Booing him was a lot of fun. Uh, and then after the bunt, uh, the entire section, the, like two sections over to us started the You Still Suck chant. So that was good. Someone um, told me Friday night with all the booing. Kept on grabbing his junk. Oh, no, he did, he did on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, he got oh, busted oh, for a uh, crotch very grab. Very much yeah. so. I mean, like, we noticed it in 417. I was like, did he just grab it? And, and, yeah. like, and then it's like, apparently, I'm checking Twitter, and everybody's like, yeah, they haven't even mentioned it on TV. Because, of course not. Why make Manny Machado look bad at all? The dumbest thing he did was Friday after the first at-bat come and start right. motioning uh, to the crowd the for on, more. Yep. He'd done nothing, and he wound up doing nothing. Did you hear him afterwards with the question the reporter gave him? And I was surprised the reporter put it this way, because... Even if you're a Dodgers beat reporter, you have to think Manny Machado's kind of a tool for what he yeah, did, right? because he is. Okay, but the reporter asked the question, like, after they win the game, they're in the locker room, they're all celebrating, do you feel you got the last laugh and vindication for what happened? And Machado looks and goes, what do you think? Right. Like, what, what by do? winning, okay, you being a tool in the way you acted and what you did? No, it didn't. Um, okay. if but, you, yeah, I was let's, say. let's hear the Bellinger home run. Uh, 
Chassin delivers. Fly ball, the right field, deep, way back. Yelich looks up, and that's gone, a home run. A two-run home run for Cody Bellinger. And the Dodgers take a two-to-one lead. I want a little energy in your voice, Charlie Steiner. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it's game seven. Come on. Hey. Um, well, that's kind of Charlie style. Hey. So, I mean, you could hear it in the clip. That was hit, man. It was a no-doubter. Yeah. Everybody knew it from the second it was hit. Um, so how did that – how did – how did I, the crowd respond to that? Now, did you did you sense there was little air out of the balloon? A little, yes. Uh, oh, all of the air, really? All of it. Uh, just like there it's were, only two to one. No, it doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, the crowd that in Game Sevens, man, it's 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 the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. After that home run, I think the next couple pitches. I'm not joking. As I said earlier, it's the loudest I'd ever heard it after the Yelich home run. That was by far the quietest I'd ever heard it. There was forty four thousand and ninety seven people at that game. And, and, I mean, you could have heard a single person wow. yell. It was silent. I mean, crickets quiet. Bellinger gets the MVP. Oh, did he? Why? He was one for four in that he game. Had the walk off. He well, had the walk-off. He had walk off the other end. Right, but he, was, he started the playoffs on an 0-for-15 slide. He had five hits in the series against the Brewers. Just five. Yeah, well, and that home run. And two of them. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you were? this. I, I know it almost never happens. There's been a case, but it almost never happens. Was there anybody more valuable in this series, more of a game changer for both teams in oh terms boy. of their strategy than Josh Hader? Seriously, yeah, he didn't can. give up a run the entire the entire series. I guess. His numbers are off the no, charts. Every manager managed around him for an entire game. If you're going to give out an MVP based on a game seven only, it would have been Chris Taylor for the catch. But he should go down as the catch, catch, but that's not enough to earn the MVP. No. Yeah, I can't give out an MVP for a guy for one game, for one they, hit, or for one catch. Well, Bellinger won two games won, with yes, his hits. Yes, he won two games. He did. No, that was a game-winning hit, so that's two game-winning yeah. oh, hits. Oh, and he had the diving catch in game or the game that he yeah, won he as did. well. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. it's, no, I'll give a little bit more yeah. to that. But. You're right. Great yeah. response there. Um, All right, so where are we now? We are, uh, it's two to one. Chris Taylor. Did that came, but that came. That was bottom of the fifth. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, this is with a 2-1. Yeah. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Two. Fly ball. Left center field. It's going to be a long run for Taylor. And he makes a spectacular over-the-shoulder catch on the warning track. Falling to the ground. What a play by Chris Taylor. Um, He came in the fifth inning. Yep. So there was a uh, double switch. And... uh, there was, wasn't there, by Dave Roberts, because he also got uh, pinch hitter Enrique Hernandez came into the game at second base, and Taylor Kiki. took took over <laughs> in left field for uh, Peterson. Yeah, it. Oh boy, that that moment that My was tough. Goodness, that, that was a catch now because uh, that was, was Yelich at the plate, yep, right? Yep, it was an incredible catch. You got to give him credit. Uh, you know, reaction wise in the crowd, it just it just seemed like that ball just froze and just wouldn't either come down or go farther. It just it right. just it just hung and it just gave him so much time to get to. And I mean, you know what? It was it's two one at that point. That ties the game. If it drops, the crowd is absolutely just looking for anything. And we were we were all just 
just looking for any reason to get back into it. Um, and that was just, that was a heartbreak right there. That was rough. Yeah, the angle they were running at, at first, I thought, oh, well, it's not going out, so it looks like they weren't going to catch this. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize it was going to be that tough a catch to make. What a, yeah, like I said, what a Carlos, gut punch. Chris Taylor started playing the outfield last year. It was the first time right. he'd ever played the outfield. He played he 24 games in left field this year. All right, not a big sample size. Yeah. No, did you? So did you? How much of the you were at the game, so you couldn't? How much of the the post game reaction wait, debate wait, wait. did we you gotta watch? We got to play out the highlights yeah, first. Right. Uh, Let's right. go. Right. Okay, so this was this. Yeah. I there mean, aren't any want, more highlights. Oh, yeah, there was. There <laughs> did was you one. remember? This, what happened? this was the game changer. Go ahead and play it. One ball, one strike. Puig drills one deep into left center field. Well hit, and that one is gone. A home run. Yasiel Puig, a three run shot. He's such a wiener, too. Yeah. He is. Really, isn't he? He's really, a wiener. You know what? I'm really happy that something positive happened to L.A. for a change. You know, they just they don't catch many breaks as a town, so this is really big for them. You know what's weird? Because you are Mr. Bat Flipper. So he's celebrating from the second he hits that thing. Mm-hmm. But when interviewed after the game about whether he knew it was gone, he said no. He goes, I, I didn't I, I think so. He probably didn't think it'd clear the fence. I don't think, yeah. I don't think it mattered if it went out or not. I mean, because he was scoring at least one. It was what first and third on the play. Yeah, but so, he, he was I mean, still kind of. He was reacting to at least the one run coming in. That's all that mattered. I guess that's a, a lot of hot dogging for a, 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 a double that goes off the wall. Uh, that whatever, got out of you know. the yard in a hurry. Uh, yes, it did because it was a, a line drive. Yeah, um, that was uh, that was rough. And he had been given a lot of credit, and rightfully so. For playing more level. small ball. Yeah, I mean, but, he'd been they, going the other way. Base hits up the middle did. to right field, doing Plus all Plus the things. energy level is up with him. We, yeah. We don't That's like him because he he's lineup. a wiener. But he, he brings is. so but, I mean, much. He, look, you hit a home run excitement. like that in that type of game, you deserve to celebrate. You just do. All right? Like, no. No, you don't. Not on our turf. Not in our house. No. All right. We're going to get around <laughs> to what you were talking about, the post game. And uh, I want to know, We'll get. this is kind of a tease. In the form of a tease, what was the reaction of the crowd when Hader came in so early? So early. And now don't tell us yet. <laughs> okay, okay. I think, of course, there's all the second guessing that came afterwards, right? We'll get into that oh, much yeah. more. Coming back with that next on Lucas in the Morning. Balls, two strikes, two out, bottom of the ninth, Dodgers five to one, Kershaw to Mustaka, swung on and missed strike three. And for the second consecutive season, the Dodgers are going to the World Series. It sucks, obviously. We wish we uh, could have taken that one last step. We'd be one game away from the World Series. But like I said, we can be proud of what we did. We played amazing down the stretch. We had to win a lot of tough games and a lot of tough series to give ourselves this opportunity. And when you think about it like that, it's a special group. And a lot of these guys are coming back next year, and uh, we can build off that. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. Bogle, Dr. J, Christian Yelich putting final spin on the season all right so we pick up where we left off after the Puig home run did you sense in the crowd Dr. J since you were there in attendance with the peeps with the unwashed masses did you sense like it was almost a foregone conclusion that this season has now come to an end oh yeah Absolutely. Um, you know, everybody who wants to call me Fatalist Finkelman and everything, I get it. It's, Ooh, that's it's, cool. Fatalist Finkelman. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a Mike Heller. That's a Heller, Heller, deal, yeah. Heller that's a, came up that's with a that Heller one. special right there. And I get it. That's fine. But uh, 
there must have been 44,096 other fatalists in that crowd because everybody knew it. And we we all stayed. I mean, like, the crowd did not start walking out till about the ninth inning or right after Yellett was it in the eighth? Yeah, the bottom of the eighth. Mm-hmm. Out the eighth. Um, that, that's where you started to see some people leave, but everybody knew it. We all sat there anyways, and we all tried. You know, you, we got loud if there was any base runners. and That was the problem. There weren't <laughs> many people on the bases. Yep, and, and that's the—so I don't know. I was proud of the crowd because— I think we all knew what was coming, but you can't leave. I mean, I don't know. No, it's just, it's just, you can't. How early did you get there? Did you tailgate beforehand? We did. We had a, there was a couple of buddies that uh, we went with. So okay. Um, so I mean, they they were in standing room only. So we we tailgate with them. Had a couple of brewskis and went in. I thought of you because before the game, we were driving across town to go uh, look at some cars, doing some oh. car shopping, and we're on the Beltline Highway in Madison. And for yeah. whatever reason, there was slow traffic. Yeah. I don't know what it was at this point in time, but as we're driving, all of a sudden I see in the other lane some people we know, some family friends, and they pull up, and it's almost like that Grey Poupon commercial. We all roll down our windows <laughs> like, hey, and they look at us, you guys going to the game? And we're like, uh, no. Oh, we are. I will Good. say, the drive from Madison to Milwaukee was the worst I've ever experienced in my life. The amount of cars that were going, it was clear that it was because of the Brewer game. It, I'm not joking, that drive that usually takes about an hour 15 to get to Miller Park from the west side, uh, from whatever, from Madison. Uh, that, that took two hours and 45 minutes. There were two reasons <laughs> at once. It was nuts. Because you had the Brewer game, as you mentioned. But that that time period that a lot of people were going over, the two, three, yeah, third Badger Badger game. a lot of Badger football yeah. people that were coming over from Milwaukee or that direction were all going home. And in fact, when we were yeah. coming back from the car dealership on the Beltline, there were two more accidents along yeah. the Beltline. I'm like, oh no, and I had to use this as an example for my son, like, this is the risk of maybe drinking a Camp Randall all day. Yeah, it was rough, you weren't dude. able to see it. You were in upper deck. Yeah. Can someone explain to me the trio behind home plate, backstop, <laughs> Betty, yes. uh, Marlin Man, and okay. some dude dressed as an M&M? All right, what was me, that all me, about? Me, I don't know the M&M. Do What's the M&M guy story? So, so what so is He's that? new to the game. Yeah, uh, so as, as you put it, uh, Backstop Betty or front row Amy. Well, she, she's, um, there all. she's just there yeah. all the time. Keeping I mean, score. She's keeping score, man. She's a fan, like legit. Yes. Uh, Marlon's man is just a, a total loser who just goes. Did all he have a hand puppet on Friday? He, did, no, no, no. he, he had every that little game, monkey. Every game, the every little game. monkey. Oh I don't know God. why. I don't know why. I'm sorry, but uh, somebody just, the in the Brewers' bullpen did too. Somebody in the yeah. Brewers' bullpen was using that. that monkey too. So I, in fact, it's funny. I had my son, and I printed off from him, he read the story of Marlon's man to us over the weekend, and then we watched the ESPN story that they did on him. He's an attorney, yep. and is, does some uh, commercial real estate, makes a boatload of money. He had been diagnosed, or he thought he had cancer years ago. Then the, the, the test came back negative, and he said to himself, I'm never going to be a person who says, boy, I wish I would have gone. So he spends all his money going around. Good for him. The most he spent on a ticket? Twenty-five grand to be behind the Golden State Warriors bench for wow. Game Seven or whatever of the series with Cleveland. Okay, more power uh, to him. Yeah, that's you know, if you had the money and you had circumstances in your life, you'd do the same. Exactly what all these fans were saying. Man, the interview for the story, like I do it. Who's the dude in the yellow oh, canary that, yellow? Yeah, I have no idea. who's Eminem man? I, I I'm no gonna idea. look. Was it an Eminem? Did yeah. he have some? And he was waving to the camera, which I hate. I thought either whoever makes M and M's had sponsored him, or he was part of the pit crew. Because one seen, of the guys in NASCAR has you an seen M&M a car. weirder, weirder collection of three people in your life <laughs> no. directly behind home plate in a game seven. Well, to be fair, one of them actually belonged. All right, one of them's actually Backstop a season ticket yeah, Exactly. Yeah, the other two are just right, hanger-ons. So we teased this segment. Was what was the reaction around you when Council pulled Justine so early and brought Hater in? I mean, I think, okay, okay, I'll, I'll be honest here for a second. Obviously, there are some people in the crowd that maybe aren't 
super in tune to what's always going to be going on with the Brewers at all times. So they're kind of more there as just general fans than people who really know the team super well. So I think I think most people that really understood the game understands that like if you're down early, you can't be just throwing out guys and, and hoping for the best. Shasin, did he have it? From our section, it looked like he was missing pitches by a ton. I mean, oh, you, you guys saw yeah, the TV he, His copy. command was not good. Right, okay. No, his so his command, command so, so you got to pull him, right? And you go to your well, best you, guy early. You just do. Why not? You, because you're trying to keep, well, keep the, the run-run game and as it, long as you can. Who's been your... Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Worst pitcher in the bullpen. Who's been your biggest liability in October? Um, Jeffress. Hmm. Yeah. Don't Jeffers. know if I can say that out loud on the radio here. Jeffers. He has you, been. Like, you, you yeah. can't say that from 3 to 6 p.m. on these airwaves. That, that's the truth. You can't ignore <laughs> yes. that, even though he got a 1-2-3 the night before. You can't he ignore was, it. Hey, He's been the wait, biggest liability his credit, in October. To his credit, he was unhittable Friday. That, that was yes. a, he was great, and and that was the kind of stuff where you're like, hey, that's that's the vintage Jeremy Jeffers stuff, and then so he went figure, straight okay, back to the other continue? version. Can he sustain? No, um, but no, I, I don't think the crowd was like up in arms or anything right, about I'm it. I think curious. we all knew we all knew he was coming in for three innings. How did the post game people handle it? I'm sure well, they the thought dip- it was the dumbest thing ever. Actually, what stunned me was uh, one of the more animated conversations, and this involved Dan Plesak, who was on site at Miller Park, and uh, Greg Hensinger, I think it is, yes. who's in the in the studio. He's the host. Went the other direction. Greg's point was he was trying to making is, if this is going to be what you're going to do, if you're willing to bring in Hater as, as early as did, why not go all the way? Why not either one, start Hater in the game, or two, once you get the one nothing lead by Yelich on the home run, bring him in then. Don't wait for them to get the lead. Try to keep that momentum going with two, three, four innings of yeah, work or whatever a, you get out of Hater. There's an argument there. Okay, there's because then there. I get that. If you want to, st- let's uh, let's go with it. If you want to start hater in the game, like, let's just let's just to, go. You still have to cover six innings. Yeah, yeah. let's just go Captain Hindsight here for a second. Exactly. Then you yeah. got to cover six innings, and you're doing that with what? I, like, is okay. So Corbin Burns is coming in, who's who just pitched two innings the night before. I mean, uh, I guess Woodruff is coming in for three. Like, I mean, he, like, look, what's the game plan? Hater, Sedano, he, he did what he, he Council wanted him to do. Right? We can all hater yeah. accomplished yes. what. Council was trying to achieve. Yes, he did sure, that. Yep. Sure. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought the move was fine. I don't know. Are people like up in arms about a hater coming in? That's a ridiculous no, thing to be mad about. No, no. I think that this this heater argument, police act was making the case that no, you can't do that or you shouldn't do that. And Greg was going the other way. I guess I I, I wouldn't have started him. No, I I, I don't even think no, I would have brought him in. He hasn't been in that role as if, a starter. If it was any other Brewers starter, whatever the starters were in this series that they had going in, I would make the case. Yeah, you can make the case a little stronger that haters should come in. But Chassin had been your best guy. Yeah, he had pitched stick, well in his it, previous. So I think you could also argue. Okay, stick with your best guy. Yeah, stick and then because then what you're doing is 
you're shortening the game knowing you're going to get three innings out of Hader. If you can get another inning and a half or two out of Chazine. Right. Now you've shortened the game, haven't you? Once through the batting order at the very least. Like, right. And that kind of had been their M.O. is not getting a second See, or third time for certain guys through a batting I, order. I think the game plan with Chazine was to never let him go farther than four. I mean, I mean, really. Which is fine. Which that, I think we oh, kind of all that, figured. He didn't yeah, feel comfortable with him he, after he gave up the home run to Bellinger and some of the and man blame, issues and he was having. Him. He didn't feel comfortable with him. That's, that's you know, everyone could see that, too. Yep, I don't it, blame him. It worked. Hater worked where he did. It's just that Jeffers gave up the gopher pitch. Yeah. Yeesh. Liability. It was a liability in October. Who, yeah. How can you figure? It happens, right? Yeah, yeah Jeffers was, yep. We'll talk more about that. We'll talk about Ohio State getting crushed at Purdue. Crushed! We'll talk with Andy Baggett at 7.15, the voice of the Badgers, Matt LePay at 7.45. Bill Scott joins us next on Lucas in the Morning. The snap to Trubisky. He's pressured by Claiborne. He starts to roll to his left. He pulls up. He heaves one deep to the end zone. That ball sailing toward the goal line. It's caught by White. White is caught and wrapped up short of the goal line. Unreal. And the Patriots are going to win, but that close to a Hail Mary and an answered prayer for Chicago. We just go home. Let's get on a bus and go home. Get the heck out of here. That would be the New England radio team. Uh, the Bears did put a scare into the Patriots yesterday. Came up one yard short of that Hail Mary completion. Mitchell Trubisky threw for 333 yards. Uh, Brady for 277. James White, my goodness, James White had a game. 11 rushes, 48 catches, 57 yards, and two touchdowns. Bill Scott is brought to you by Metro Ford of Madison, where you get two years prepaid maintenance on any new or used car purchase. MetroFordofMadison.com. Good morning, Bill. Luke, how are you? Good. I'm looking at the uh, standings this morning in the north. Uh, Minnesota four two and one, Green Bay three two and one, Detroit and Chicago three and three. What's your biggest surprise in that grouping? Uh, well, probably that the Packers are where they are. You know, I expected more. Um, I'm beginning to you know to know why you know they are where they are. Uh, primarily because, uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for it. Um, and 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 maybe the Lions, to be quite frankly, where they are. They're uh, you know everybody's talking about Chicago's resurgence, uh, resurgence, and uh, and I thought the you know I think the Vikings probably you know are a team. I mean I consider the Vikings to be the best team in the division going in, um, with the Packers a very close second, and that's kind of the way it is at this point in time. But with the Lions are kind of quietly playing decent enough football to stay in the mix and of course they already have the win over the Packers <laughs> that's sort of surprising from the Lions after what we saw on opening night and everybody had not only the Lions buried but their head coach fired by about week five yeah. of the season since they seemed like they were a sinking ship already yeah but they've you know and they found a way to kind of right the ship and and to me so to me they're they would be a surprise at this point a couple of critical games coming up with uh, New Orleans playing at Minnesota and the Packers taking on the undefeated Rams I Saw some place where this is the biggest, the Packers under Aaron Rodgers, biggest underdog since Rodgers has taken over as the quarterback. They're eight and a half point uh, underdog to the Rams. Are the Rams that good or are the Packers that mediocre right now? 
Well, I think the Rams are that good, but I think eight and a half is certainly reflective of the fact that the Packers are have not performed to the level that uh, they're used to performing at. Too, I, I don't know how you, even with a good team, I don't know how you get eight and a half against a, a Green Bay team if they're playing, you know, the way we all think they should play. If the the coaches like sometimes to talk about breaking a season into into quarters, looking at this next stretch coming out of the bye week, then for the the Packers. What do you think they need to do when you put in the Rams, uh, New England, and going through, say, the next three, four games, includes Miami and Seattle in there, to, to stay in the Hunter in the mix for not only maybe a division title, but getting a, a home playoff game in the first round? Well, I, I think they need to probably go two and two. Mm-hmm. You know, in that, uh, you know, I, and I even look at the next five and say they could go two and three um, it, because I, I think that the schedule is pretty favorable down the stretch after that and you know so one would assume that they would get hot at that point when the games they're supposed to win for sure and and you know be looking at a 10-5 and 1 record when it's all said and done but um you know that might be you know a, a bit optimistic but i but i think if they could go two and th- two and two or two and three in the next five i think they would have the chance to make the postseason what are you most confident in seeing out of the packers once they resume play Oh, that's a good question. Um, because I, I, you know, I don't know if Mike McCarthy's ever going to let go of his, uh, you know, of, of his inability to run the football more and and uh, and stick to a ground game. Um, I'm, you know, I don't know that. Uh, you know, a lot of it depends on their health. I mean, their secondary, quite frankly, has just been banged up the entire time. You know, I think they'll be better if their secondary gets healthier. I have not confidence about inability to rush the passer. Although, you know, we've heard about all of this exorbitant, uh, you know, defensive schemes that Mike Pettin has, and we've seen him in training camp, and you know, when they when they practice them. But you know, so we know we they have them, but they haven't really used much in the games, and with zero, almost zero pass rush. Uh, I guess I'm fairly confident that if the Packers are going to be a better football team in the second half of the season, uh, he's going to have to get a lot more creative. And, and again, that that's in their system. They just haven't used it yet. But I think he's going to have to start pulling out the stops a little bit more to get heat on the quarterback. So if Mike McCarthy having a consistent running game of any kind is kind of a pipe dream, uh, or it seems to have been well, one. Well, I think it will. You know, I, I think it will, Rob, but yeah. I think it's going to be in December. Because that's when he always decides. That's when, the, <laughs> when, when that calendar hits December, that's when he decides that he needs to run the football. Sure. Well, then it puts more importance on Rodgers and the passing game. And a lot of that for the quarterback comes with trust with his receivers, and he's got a lot of young receivers. What, from your experience over the years in covering Aaron Rodgers, when do you know he has trust in a receiver? What signs can you tell that he's built that confidence to go to a guy in no matter what the situation is? Well, basically when when they stop running the wrong routes. <laughs> right. I mean, that's about when that's about when that happens. And you know, and and everybody, I, you know, I was uh, I was watching a program last night, and they had a play where Rodgers was looking out to the left for Devontae Adams. That was his first option. But then they had um, Scantling down in the uh, right corner of the end zone. But then uh, one of the tight ends ran like the same direction and clogged the route up. So even if Rodgers would have looked off of his first 
options to the left and, and come back to the right. There was nobody there. Well, there was nobody open just because the tight end went the wrong way. So it's not always the young receivers. It's a, it, it can be a combination of a lot of different things. Um, in this particular case, it was Lance Kendricks who bottled things up by running the wrong route himself. Thanks, Bill. On Friday, we'll talk about some of the matchups uh, with the Packers and the Rams. Okay, talk to you then. Good, yeah, have a good week, guys. Thanks, Bill. Bill Scott is brought to you by Metro Ford of Madison, where you get two years prepaid maintenance on any new or used car purchase. MetroFordofMadison.com. Some crazy stuff last last uh, last weekend, but really crazy in the NFL. I mean, I, we could talk about what happened in West Lafayette, but I want to talk about some of the problems that kickers experienced. You think Mason Crosby felt any better watching what was happening with the kicking game? We'll no. talk about <laughs> no? I think he's just happy his situation's better. We'll talk about it next on Lucas in the Morning. Buccaneers will attempt again a 59-yard field goal to try to win with a minute 55 to go and two timeouts left for the Browns. Here's the spot, the kick, airborne, Chandler Catanzaro. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? It's good! The Buccaneers win in overtime. 59-yard field goal, Chandler Catanzaro. Oh! Who <laughs> kicked the John Chandler Ganazero? Is it? Is it? Is it? It is! Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning Vogel, Dr. J. Uh, he missed, like a thing, from 40 with four seconds left in regulation. Missed an extra point <laughs> earlier. I mean, it was a kicker's nightmare or delight on Sunday. Now get this. Uh, Justin Tucker had never missed an extra point. Never! Okay? 222 straight uh, since they moved the PATs back. In 2015, he was 112, 112. All he needs to do is kick an extra point, and the Ravens go into overtime with the Saints, and he missed it. I was watching on the computer, so I wasn't actually watching. I was just looking at the score. I'm like, that's a long time since they haven't updated this to a tie score. And then it comes to Tucker misses extra point. What? Including two years in college and postseason football, he had made 316 straight extra points. That's ridiculous. And he missed it. All right, so... That was not the only miss that was of consequence. Dallas is playing Washington. Mm. Brett Maher mm-hmm. hit the upright for 52 yards, but that wasn't the storyline because on the previous play, that long snapper moved the ball, so they were penalized five yards. He makes it from maybe 47, doesn't he? Like five times. The only thing I didn't do was start juggling the ball, for heaven's sake. Like, How many times are you going to pick it up and adjust it? I'm surprised they haven't called this yet. Crazy. When they show that replay, it's ridiculous. So in England, uh, the Chargers... <laughs> the Chargers... Bring, bring the Chargers hold on to beat the Titans because Mike Vrabel that was cool. that was cool. goes for two points with 31 seconds left. I'm and cool they don't. It. They don't convert. I'm cool with it. I love the move. Yeah, yeah, cool. I don't not? mind him going whoa, whoa, whoa. for it there, but... What are the Titans going to do this year? They uh, win the Super Bowl? Rule of thumb. <laughs> no, are they winning the Super Bowl? Hey, listen, no? the are rule they, of thumb is let the players decide the game. Don't don't yeah. make a coaching decision. The players did decide. They were all they for it. They were going into overtime, though. But no, the no, players no. were for it. They all said they were for it, and they all knew this before the drive really even started, that they had kind of made this decision. We get the chance, we're going to go for the also, win Also, you're factoring in, or you're not factoring in the fact that they're in England, as you mentioned. England. They had to fly to England. Maybe the guys didn't want to play another 10 minutes of football. I know, that? I know you hate him, but the only criticism I'd have is if I'm going to go for it in that situation, and there was a penalty, so the, they were basically in like the 
the one they foot were. line. They were on the one yard Give line. me some sort of run pass option for Marcus Mariota. Because I, I wouldn't mind him you having a chance. Marcus that, Mariota. Marcus Mariota yeah. yes. is the man. Yes. Uh, did you see who didn't Except play in that not. game? Melvin Gordon, because oh, his hamstring hurt. on the yeah. uh, his hamstring got tight on the flight over to England, okay. wherever it was. <laughs> I will say this though, I, I can't I can't identify with guys wearing lots of chains or jewelry like Arcia, your guy. But I don't know if I ever like Doctor J. Right, if I had oh, to yeah. get a Mister T starter set, and I was a pro athlete, I don't know that one of my first choices would be to get a large one that has my number on it. Like I've forgotten my jersey number, so if I was just say twenty three or thirty four and got a big large number thirty four hanging around my neck, like I'm pretty sure I know what my number is, and that's because that was what Melvin had. It so it just struck me as funny. Last night, in case you missed it, the Chiefs buried the Bengals. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, who Dr. J hates, as long with I think you oh, hate great. him. Oh, he won't be with us at the Hall of Fame uh, ceremony Patrick, when he gets in. <laughs> the end of the year, right? right. No kidding. Uh, what a joke. He threw four more touchdown passes. So Mahomes, He's get... Mahomes has got 22 touchdown passes in eight games. All right? I think that tops the record held previously by Kurt Warner, who had 21. What, this, like one interception or something? The single-season record for Kansas City's quarterbacks over the— History of the franchise is thirty touchdown passes. So That's Holmes got crazy. nine games to beat that record, get eight more to tie it. His numbers are ridiculous. Are they? Really. He wore uh, in the post game interview last night. He wore on his dad's J baseball number, jersey. No, no. He this was cool. I like this. He wore a New York Mets uh, baseball jersey. It was his dad's, and so his dad didn't know about it. And he wanted to just crack it out and see what his dad thought. I so, liked it. So you you both agreed with Mike Vrabel, huh? Okay, I, I didn't. I didn't mind. Yeah. Although I, I'm the argument you can make a good case too, and this was made on the broadcast because I, I caught the tail end of that game was that the Titans defense had been playing great in that second half, especially the Chargers weren't going anywhere. So you could say, let's kick the extra point. I trust my defense. Though you would be giving Philip Rivers still uh, 30 seconds or so to try to get down in a field goal yeah. range and then go into overtime <laughs> uh, with no timeouts. Here, for the Chargers here's a too, tease by the for way. tomorrow: it's good, the bad, the ugly. Because I'm sure it'll appear there. Uh-oh. Eric Reed called out Malcolm Jenkins, called him a sellout. <laughs> During the pregame. Yeah. He did. The coin toss, wasn't it? Yeah. They had to be separated. A sellout? Yes. But here are the two guys who have been activists uh, throughout the year, yeah. correct? Yeah. So they why, hate each other. So what was the, well, what and was Jenkins the is still it? doing lots of work. I mean, on lots of different issues and things. Here, so. this You don't hear this in a football locker room. Uh, Reed called Jenkins a sellout and a neo-colonialist. Wow. Yeah, yeah, right. Let's go to the post game comments. Meanwhile, Uh, I was busy thinking Reed had an interception (laughs) that was called back on a on a review because of something else. And I thought as soon as I saw Reed got the interception, I'm like, oh boy, here comes Dr. J. Like, why didn't the Packers sign this guy? They couldn't use him. They should have, but I know if he was his normal Twitter. Meyer mentioned the neo colonialism. Wow. No, after Purdue. Or Jim Arbaugh. No. Just just called Mark D'Antonio Bush. Oh, that was a good back and forth. Let's get that sound, too. Plus, we're going to break down the Badgers and what's what's next for Wisconsin. Well, the Badgers play at Northwestern. Purdue plays at Michigan State. Iowa plays at Penn State. What you have there is a semblance of almost elimination games in the West. Yeah. It's going to be a good weekend of football. We'll talk with Andy Baggett at 715. The voice of the Badgers, Matt LePay, 745. Much more coming up on Lucas in the Morning. Okay, patrons, it's time to grab a little slice of cake and put on that party hat because it's birthdays, dead or alive. Hey, you saw it's your birthday. 
Here's Uncle Lukey. Thank you very much, Eddie Gaga. Belated birthday, a Sunday birthday. Booker T and the MG, Steve Cropper, 77 on Sunday. Today, Corbin Burns is 24 years old. Corbin Burns, 7-0, 2.61 ERA in 30 games, 38 innings pitched. So now you line it up. Corbin Burns, 24. Brandon Woodruff, 25. Freddie Peralta, 22. They've got to be in your starting rotation next year, don't they? I have 10 guys written down here as possibilities for well, the no, rotation you, you, next year. 10. Okay, you go three, and then Chassin. Chassin. Mm-hmm. So that's four there. Now Jenny you can Nelson's pick from back. Davies, Anderson, yep. Nelson. Yep. And then you don't know what they're going to do with Wade Miley. Right. He's, a, he's the only free agent. The right? bunch you could bring him back. As you mentioned, Woodruff and Burns. Uh, you've got Junior Garrett, Peralta, Suter. All these guys who have at least were in the rotation yeah, at some Suter point this comes year. Back. I don't know what his status is. Yeah. All our options, I'm just saying. Yeah. I'd like to just mention this. Like, I, I love Wade Miley and what he did this year, but I think the Brewers might have juiced the orange there as much as they right, possibly that's could. Because his career has be not to, been that. No, but he might be able to make. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Some more money someplace else. Yeah. They're, they're unwilling to make And don't that use Juiced in baseball. How about Gio Gonzalez? <laughs> You're not going to pay him. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Probably not. Yeah, if he's going to get big money. No. I, I'd be pretty no happy thanks. with uh, Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, Chassin, and then pick. Well, it has to be Jimmy five. Nelson. He's not going to the bullpen. If he well, comes back, who knows how good he's going to be. If he that's comes the other back. thing. If you take all of these guys that were in the bullpen, though, then you've completely depleted the bullpen. Does one or two of them stay well, behind can, him in the bullpen? You, you use know? offseason to replenish your bullpen if you're moving people into the rotation. Yeah, you know who's not Sedania. coming back? Sedania will. I was just going to say, Sedania will not Ooh, be part of the bullpen he next year. Is anybody out yet? Uh, no, no, no. That Muncie hit was huge. Wasn't it? And everybody in our section knew it was coming. I'm sorry. As soon as the stadium was running in, it was over. All right. Who we got a little shaggy here? Oh, the, the best. The goat. 5-0. Big 5-0. 50? Yeah. Yeah, he always was a little bit older. It was a little bit weird. <laughs> like, each, each year old, 45 today. Still wants to play. He does, doesn't he? It's he a little got, weird he, also. He retired unwillingly yeah. to the front office. Well, the Mariners open next season in Japan. That that was oh, the thing that they thought they were trying to keep him active enough so that he could do it next year. Uh, Mohamed Wilkerson, 28 today. Injured Packer, done for the year. Who knows if he'll be Green Bay next year. It would have been, oh, it would have been interesting to see what he could have done this uh, Your year. guy, Rob, Hugh Jackson, 53 today. <laughs> <laughs> the soon-to-be uh, replaced head yeah. coach of the Cleveland Browns. I don't think he lasts a month. Yes, they're yes. gonna fire. Yeah, okay. they're gonna fire him. Okay. I, I, the first name I heard put out there uh, was Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Yeah, but I hear. Watch he, him. I think there's gonna be an interim coach this season. I think he'll be really? going for the end of the yeah. season. But they're okay. Dorsey doesn't like him. Neither does Haslam. That's fair. Um, on this date, October 22nd, 1965. 1965. The Stones released. <laughs> Jumping Jack Flash? No, no. Get off, get off my, my cloud. cloud. Oh, that's right. Sorry. 
They played the Stones uh, during the ball game at some point. They're I think the on Saturday. Yeah, they're the was best. Good. Yeah, yeah. I won last birthday. Rod Tugnut, goaltender wow. supreme, 51 years old today. You know what he's known for? His besides, name? Besides his last name, his surname. Huh? No. No. Did he have some weird he's, injury? No. no. Let me guess. He's the uh, last goalie to play without a face mask. That, that's always one, right? <laughs> while playing for the Quebec, Quebec Nordique. Uh, he, had, he had 71, 70 saves in a wow. game. In a regulation game. Uh, 73 shots on goal. Ray Bork had 19 shots on goal. Holy in that smokes. Game How about that? Clearly, Marco Siki and the crew were not in front of him <laughs> blocking some shots. Come on, defense. And, and huh? later on, in a playoff game, a five overtime playoff game, he had 70 saves. Oh, my gosh. Loss. Where was the defense? Five overtime. Help out, fellas. The always popular Tugnut. Get an icing call, something. The always popular Brian Posick joins us next on Lucas in the Morning. Ah, jeez. Don't look now, but it's Monday. Let's get to it. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Today we'll be back at it on a Back to Work Monday with our buddy Bags, Andy Baggett. Bags? From UWBatches.com at 7.15 and the one, the only, Matt LePay at 7.45. And speaking of getting to it, that's what these two are supposed to do. Here's Rob Vogel and Mike Lucas. As we all try to grasp today what happened on Saturday night in the Game 7, we'll go to Craig Council who tried to put his own perspective on the journey. This team, what I just told them is that they took us on an amazing journey. I mean, they, they really did. They took us on an incredible journey that we should all be grateful for, for being able to see because it was a, a magical run especially when that the month of September and, and into October and in Pittsburgh on was absolutely incredible how the team played and answered every um, tough situation they were in. Indeed, and Nancy Armour writing in USA Today, this won't be the last time the Brewers are seen this late in the season. Next time, expect to see them celebrating the National League pennant. The Brewers are young and deep. They have had a taste of the postseason and head into the offseason with the bitter taste of coming, oh, so agonizingly close. That's a powerful combination, as we've seen in recent years with the Royals and the Cubs. Nancy Armour, USA Today. Hmm. That's so. a national, the national That's perspective hard. has been very positive. Except during uh, the broadcast about their pitching well, changes and maneuvers. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen the last of Big Poppy. I, I can't handle him anymore, really. You know what's, really? you know what's funny? All the time, the, that Fox crew make, having to make a pregame prediction as to who's going to win, those guys kept picking the Dodgers. Almost every game, it seemed like they were picking the Except Dodgers. Game Except seven. game <laughs> seven. Except game seven. The only one who stayed with the Dodgers, I think, was Poppy. Otherwise, all the other guys then were finally picking the Brewers. Joining us now, Brian Posick. Brian's time is brought to you by On Ice Promotions. Find everything hockey at onicepromotions.com. Good morning. How are you Hi. doing? Not bad. How are you? How was your trip east? Oh, uh, Not bad. Upstate New York. Any was... highlights? Um, yeah, a, a tough loss on, on Friday against Clarkson, where uh, the Wisconsin hockey team played well for about 20 minutes, but not well enough for an extended period. And then Saturday, they bounced back, had a 7-1 to win. Daniel Lebedev made his uh, debut in goal and uh, played well. And Sean Doogie had two goals in each game. He's got five 
in four games this season. He had six as a freshman. Is he freshman. a little five foot five, five center? Three, 150 oh. pounds. Yeah, and he uses his size to his advantage, and he doesn't back down. There was a kid for St. Lawrence, Keenan Southers, six foot eight. 220 pounds. Dave McNabb size. And, yeah, exactly, right? And uh, Doogie and him got into a little scrap after a whistle, and uh, Sean did not back down despite the guy so it, being it, almost it, two feet taller if than If he's 6'8", then on yeah. skates he's 7'1"? Yes, yes. Seven one? On skates, yeah, he's about 7'1". Mm. With the afro on skates, oh, he's 7'6". Oh, seven, flat six. reference. Yes, Thank you. Yes, nice. Thank very you nice. Very much. Yeah, uh, any yeah. highlights off the ice? Uh, no, not really. Not really. I mean, it was, you know. You Joe Marsh still around? Uh, I did not see Joe oh, Marsh. No. No, Wally Johnson, Marsh. longtime SID at St. Lawrence. He uh, shared a, um, um, a little information with us. Back in 1988, Wisconsin went out to, to St. Lawrence to play in the NCAA tournament, and the Badgers lost a total goal series like 7 nothing and 4-3 or something like that. But uh, it's such a quaint old building, Appleton Arena. It seats about 3,000. It was built like 100 years ago or whatever. But before that 88 series, knowing the media contingent that comes out and follows Wisconsin yeah, hockey, they built – an auxiliary press box for you and the rest of the media that year. And <laughs> actually that much. press box still stands. It still does. In fact, they named yeah. it Lucas press Lucas box. Press <laughs> box right. Yeah. Uncle it's a, Lukey press box. Charming. I used the word yeah. charming last week. Yeah. I mean, it's quaint. Yeah, those it was, ranks are quaint. Yeah, and I actually, I, I thought I got a kick out of it. I love that place. It's pretty cool. Those towns are the, the rinks are 15, like 15 miles apart yeah, or something like that. 15 minutes or so. Yeah. Right. yeah so yeah. they stay in the same hotel. Do you guys stay in, we the, stay same in the same hotel? There's no reason to go anywhere. Really. There's only about one hotel between the two towns anyway and we stayed in it <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot going out there there's man. not much going on and we're about an hour away from canada and uh yeah there was there was not much going on so did you have any feel for a i, I know you're doing hockey and you're yeah. a long ways from miller park right but we were we were saying earlier that it's inevitable at the end of competition uh that it's going to happen so quickly that yeah you, you become numb to what you had just experienced through the course of the entire season. Well, right. Because of how, the immediacy. Of, it's over. In the last month and a half. Right. You know, we were fortunate on Friday after after the, the hockey game to get back to the hotel and watch seventh, eighth, and ninth innings and, and see the Brewers finish off the Dodgers and force a game seven. You know, and, and the excitement level there. And unfortunately, I didn't see a single pitch of game seven on Saturday. Once we left the rink, we were on, on the bus and we were, we were heading out. And so you're just, I was just following on Twitter and, and from Tom Hardercourt, whomever else I could get updates from. And, um, you know, just kind of follow, uh, following online we on MLB.com. And when Puig get the three run homer, it's like, well, that, that kind of stinks. We should be watching you know? uh, all the talking heads today to get ready for the Brewers against. Boston, shouldn't mm-hmm. we? It just feels like we should be doing that. Yeah, but yes and no. I mean, the, the Dodgers, while, while uh, quite honestly, I wish Major League Baseball would come out and, and fine the Dickens or suspend. I know they won't suspend, but fine both Machado and Puig for their their antics uh, on the field and in the dugout in Game 7 when they're basically FUing the entire crowd at Miller Park with their, we with their pelvic thrusts. Well, yeah, they were I mean, grabbing their just, junk a lot. Yeah, it's just Freaking ridiculous! They, they should they should get fined substantially by Major League Baseball. That's just happen. a no, that's just gonna a, happen. Well, it's just so stupid and childish. I hope the Dodgers get their ass kicked. God, I hope it's you, done. You, in but four you games. said that last week. You hate I did. The Dodgers. Oh, I can't wow. stand the Dodgers, and now I really want them to get their butts kicked. Oh, he. Oh, this God. goes back to the Reds Dodgers days, it, doesn't it? It does. It, but you. then you see the shenanigans that they pulled uh, against the Brewers and Machado in particular, but Puig as well. Those are two very unlikable players who could have been Milwaukee Brewers, and thankfully they're not. Here's a question for you guys about this series and all the talk that was going on about the bullpenning and what the Brewers yeah, did. Yeah. 
Do you think, because part of me felt like this series then was going to be um, some sort of verdict on this sort mm-hmm. of t- uh, tactic. Do you think we'll see more of this from all of teams in Major League Baseball, or a number of teams, mm-hmm. or do you think we'll see less of this because they lost the series? No, I, I think we're going to see more of it. You know, how, how many good starting pitchers are well, there initi- throughout throughout Major League Baseball? Uh, was with it Kevin th- Cash who initiated with Tampa Bay this year? Yeah, yeah. So with thirty Major League teams, are, do you does each team have three, four legitimate starters that you can send out there confidently? Every four or five days, the bullpen to back it up. You certainly do, but we're seeing more and more of these hard-throwing young men step in and and do the job. And if they can, if their arms can recover, and they can go two days in a row or three out of four. I just hope that I really do. This is serious. That Josh Hader doesn't meet the same fate as Andrew Miller. Because you can see how it can. We just right. talking about how Mike Marshall it can end so quickly. Mike Marshall's right? arm blew out after his what 106 save. Uh, and, and, and Andrew Miller the was the yeah. hottest thing going for how the yeah. Cleveland Indians used Miller. Right, and right. He, he was he he opened the door for Josh Hader and how Council yeah. used Hader. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think we might see it in the postseason, especially sure uh, with, with certain teams. I, also, we got an education on. I didn't know the starting pitcher and official lineups aren't due till 45 minutes before a game, where usually you'd see the starting pitcher yeah. named a day two days before will we see more of that or will we see major league baseball come up with a rule now to avoid letting teams go up to that last 45 minutes kind of like the brewers did game one yeah. about all this you know something to kind of point out too i don't know if it we're necessarily going to see more or less of it but that's really due to the fact that the only reason that the brewers did it is because they had to all right like yeah. if, if the brewers had kershaw and bueller they wouldn't sure. have been doing anything the smoke and mirrors stuff all right the brewers right. did it because they had to because of the starters that they had craig, on their well, roster, craig council period. felt that they had yeah. to i and mean he you, was had, you had shasin and miley you know i, I would have liked to have they seen have miley longer. stayed Both in there i wish shasin would have stayed in longer too well i wish he had been good yeah. game seven well <laughs> yeah he got he got hit hard gave up a two-run homer and he's yeah. out and right? he was well and he was pitching yeah. all over this like way over the plate everything i mean for all the Game yeah. seven angst for losing that. I find myself more thinking about, man, they had chances to win this series. Earlier. Oh, yeah. Well, they could have won, yes. exactly. yes. won it in five games. Exactly. Could have won it in five games. That's the last thing I feel yeah. like I should be getting ready right. for the Brewers versus right. Boston. Right. The Brewers I feel 20, more pain about that than Brewers game Cardinals. seven, even though that's March 28th. Well, the Brewers were up, what, 3 0 in game two? Thanks, Brian. Yep. Yeah. So. Lost it. Uh, when we return, we'll talk with Andy Baggett about Wisconsin's matchup this week against Northwestern. This is one of those pivotal games now moving towards. Uh, the finish in the West. Who's going to be the team representing that division in Indianapolis? Andy joins us next on Lucas in the Morning. Brook will give it the deal straight ahead in Taiwan. Breaks through to the 30. He's gone. 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Wisconsin. Taiwan deal. Busting through the line. Takes it in from 39 yards away. I loved how he ran. I thought he ran behind his pads and, and uh, you know, certainly doing some good stuff up front. But I think Taiwan was kind of where he's been all year, you know, and, and, you know, when you get get a chance to get some plays run, you know, and, and last week we didn't. You know, we weren't as good on third down, we fewer plays, but I thought Taiwan ran hard. Matt LePay on the call, Paul Christ on Taiwan Deal. Our Badger insider, Andy Baggett, is brought to you by Baidu. Get Badgers gear, get Badgers basketball jerseys, shirts, hats, and more at DoNationRewards.com. Mountain Dew is a proud partner of the Wisconsin Badgers. Good morning, Andy. How you doing? I'm good. You guys all right? Yeah, uh... Taiwan Deal had not run for over 100 yards since his redshirt freshman season. He's been one of the uh, 
unsung storylines this year than just the way he's been a complimentary piece to Jonathan Taylor. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree, and uh, I would take a little bit of a, a disagree with Paul there, and in the, only in the sense that I think Taiwan Deal has he's put, he's done well this season, but I think he's gotten better every week, and I think that uh, uh, there there's we've seen steady improvement from him in terms of production, in terms of uh, uh, everything across the board with regards to per, how he's running the ball and, and the impact that he's having on this offense, and uh, he gives. You know, at the very top of the list that he provides is is a is a little bit of a change up to Jonathan Taylor, not just in terms of of giving Jonathan a, a rest here and there, but uh, actually, uh, you know, giving defenses a different look and 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 being uh, being a different beast, so to speak, for for defenses to have to contend with. We were asking the question last week and wondering, coming off the the loss to Michigan, how the team would react and would they be able to bounce back? And would you see any signs of a hangover? That did you see any signs of that? I mean, the final numbers are impressive in the victory, but how how did you see their response to what they had gone through the past week? I, I'm never. I, I'm not sure I've ever subscribed to the notion. Uh, certainly since Paul Chris has been here, that this team gets really high or gets really low or gets down on itself or gets. Uh, wrapped up in the emotional aspects of it. It's if you're in the locker room at, at halftime, if you're in the locker room before the game, it's, it's really quiet. It's really businesslike. Uh, and, and this past weekend was no different. They, they know what their job is. They, they feel that they've prepared to the best of their abilities. And, and there's a, there's a quiet confidence that, uh, that you just feel, uh, from, from top to bottom of this roster. And, and uh, we're, we're seeing what that, phenomenon is like with regards to the secondary i mean how far down this depth chart can you go uh, and 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 be totally affected by i mean totally make it a detriment it's not it's been a strength so far and uh, there are guys that are producing whether it's an evan bondock or or to a degree uh, uh just a variety of guys that are that are uh, making their presence felt and and uh, and being a part of this uh, very business-like approach. I was telling uh, Matt during the broadcast itself that I had listed 14 DBs on my game board going into the contest, not knowing for sure who would be the scratches. <laughs> I mean, 14, because wow. uh, this is what we had seen at practice. And then uh, the Badgers were playing without three safeties, including both of their starters, which opened the door for Evan Bondock, a 50-year senior out of Madison Edgewood. Well, Andy, I thought he played very well. I, I thought he did too, and you know, you know where this kind of starts. Jim Leonard is 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 the not just the defensive coordinator, not just a former uh, safety in the NFL, All American, that type of thing. There's a presence about him that I think is his his immediate charges feed off of. He's really, really confident, and and he's there's a, there's a sense of self assuredness with him that that definitely rubs off on his players, and and. They feel they're ready to go. It doesn't matter who's playing. It doesn't matter who the, who's uh, who's starting. It doesn't matter what package you're in. It doesn't matter what the circumstances of the game are. Or uh, and and so I think he's. Uh, it's really kind of a cool thing to see how his charges respond to his uh, attitude and his approach to each game. He's he's got a sense about him that uh, the job's going to get done. Somebody's got to do it, and so let's get it taken care of. On the one hand, Alex Hornerbrook throws for three touchdown passes. On the other, he's only 13 of 22 with two interceptions as well. 
What, if anything, do you think is is missing from the passing game from maybe clicking a little bit more? Obviously, the week before, you're going against a very good Michigan defense, so that's part of it that, that goes into it. But it just it feels like that, that there's something that's just not totally clicking there. Well, I, I think um, I, I don't break down film. I don't do any of that stuff. So I, I think there's – I don't know to what degree that everybody in the receiving game is on the same page, whether it's – uh, Alex, whether it's his receivers, whatever the case might be. So I think there's a, there's a sense that there's some something missing there. Uh, there's just for whatever reason, they're, 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 that group is not in a groove. I, I, I think they miss Quintez Cephas. I think he was a, a, a real di- distinctive leader for that group, and he was uh, a guy that a lot of uh, younger guys looked up to. And and I think it's just the, the, the maturation process. There are young receivers in this group that are still feeling their way along and still trying to get a, trying to get their bearings on things and trying to find a vein of consistency and when you're in that mode it's it's a challenge and so i think that's where they hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. To a, to a large degree, and some of it's on Alex. I, I think there's, I think he'd be the first to tell you that uh, he's not been as consistent as he would like to have been. Andy, we're getting closer and closer to elimination games in the West uh, with these games on tap this weekend, Wisconsin and Northwestern, Purdue at Michigan State, Iowa at Penn State. How surprised were you? By the margin of victory, the Boilermakers over the Buckeyes on Saturday night. The margin of victory was a surprise, <clears throat> I, I think. But again, you, it, maybe we shouldn't be. I mean, a year ago, uh, Iowa put up fifty-five on, on Ohio State. I, I think they. I think there's uh, there's some holes in that team, and I, I think I said a couple of weeks ago. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought Ohio State would lose a game somewhere along here. I, I didn't see them as an unbeaten entity in Big Ten, and, and I'm not saying that I'm a, pre- a great predictor, but I just think that there's some holes there. I think they missed Bosa on defense. I think they, uh, I think they miss. Uh, I think there's something missing. I, I think the the controversy with Urban Meyer at the start of the season uh, had had an issue. I think that there's a trickle down effect to that. And and I think Purdue was playing pretty emotional. Uh, and when that emotion is channeled in the right direction, uh, a young fan with cancer is, has inspired them. And uh, and I think that that's had, that had a huge impact on the outcome. Don't look now, but Michigan's in that driver's seat with Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, actually, it was fun kind of seeing the uh, – the, uh, the, the extracurricular stuff with Michigan State, whether what was said or what was done, it's uh, 
it's a little sophomoric, but uh, I guess it's uh, it creates a little bit of entertainment for all of us. Good enough, Andy. We'll talk again to you on Wednesday. All right, guys. Enjoy your days. Thanks, Andy. Andy Baggett, UWBadgers.com. We'll talk with the voice of the Badgers, Matt LePay. Around 7.45 when we come back. We'll put the finishing touches on the Brewers' season. What went right and what went wrong. That's next on Lucas in the Morning. I think there's a lot of reasons for hope and optimism. There's so many young players. We have so much good young pitching that's controllable for the foreseeable future. So there's a lot of reasons to be excited about where we're headed. But again, this is uh, it's such a difficult place to get to. You don't ever take this opportunity for granted. What a special experience it was, especially down the stretch. You know, like I said, the last month was as much as I've ever enjoyed playing baseball. I think every game was incredibly intense, and, and I, I just loved the opportunity to, to get to where we were at and play meaningful games down the stretch and, and obviously to play postseason baseball games again. Ryan Braun, welcome back. Lucas in the morning. Dr. J along with Fogel. Oh, I got something for the water cooler. Oh, oh. Yep. Nah, I think that guy's cooler. sleeping still. Water cooler is a good place to hang out in your office. Get up from your desk. He's tired today. Sounds I would think so. Tired. Long Made busy Saturday. Emotionally bankrupt, I think, like many Brewer fans. Emotionally <laughs> bankrupt. That's what I think. All right, so um, uh, this is going to pain you. It's going to pain you, Rob. Uh-oh. Orlando Arcia <laughs> yeah. batted 360 with a couple home runs, three mm-hmm. RBIs in the National League Championship Series. He became only the 12th player in LCS history, hit safely in all seven games. The first since the always popular Marco Scutaro? Scutaro? How do you pronounce Scudero. that? Scudero. Yeah, he was, that was For the just Giants recently. in 2012. Yeah. Oh, I remember Scudero. him. He was fun. He Marco played a bunch of Scudero. positions. Yeah. He deserves credit for the average. You can't argue with the numbers. I know we look much deeper than the stats, both Dr. J and I have been we, educated we on recently. We don't just go that. Craig Council and, and the three of us, we all look much deeper than the stats. But um, he's amazing how one swing can look so god-awful. And then the next one be really nice and be a base hit to right field. I don't get the swings. I, I will it, say, it, literally the swings for him. Uh, with him, he he became one of the guys in the postseason where you were confident when he came up to the plate. When he got two hits, two more hits in Game Seven, I believe. Um, uh, he, I don't know if everyone's confident. Me, I'm never confident I'm not, in him, but, but you're, he did. You're I can't argue. You're I can't so, argue. So, I'm, so no, wait, who, who, would, I, who would prevent their kid from watching RC? You. I couldn't you're help weird. it. There was a couple occasions during this postseason where I could not help it, especially later. But I was even showing my wife. I had slow mo. I DVR'd the game. You so let your showing, wife watch him? Yeah, because well, I'm not worried about her next plate appearance. <laughs> so Man. we were watching. I'm like, look at his butt. Look at how he is falling out of the batter's box. There's no way he could hit anything in the outside corner. So, and then some reason a Dodger guy throws him one on the inside corner. Like, why? So I think it's going to be really interesting next year to see which Orlando Arcia shows up to spring training. I mean, really, I think what you just version? have to accept the fact he's still young. Well, okay, they're, they're, fine. But, so then this what year is was growing forward? pains, I think. So just, what is it going forward? So is it is it the first half year of Orlando Arcia this year, or or do we get playoff Arcia? I think you'll find a happy medium. And there's one thing you can't take away from this is glove. Yeah. Okay, glove that, that's there, what right? I was just going to say because you, you like you said he's very young. And you just have to live with the growing pains for now yes. because his glove is so good defensively. Yes. You, you can get away with having one guy and, like that. And I mean, he's the kind of guy, too, you're talking about a shortstop, kind of a light-hitting guy in terms of power, that if he hits 260, he's great. If he hits 270, that's amazing. Uh, Here's I a mean, question. We're just looking for him not to hit 200. You know? Here's a, what, do, what do you do with Moustakas? 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, he's probably going to get more money than you want to pay. What other is that? What is there a club option for fifteen million? Yeah, I believe. I, I don't. I can't see them picking up the fifteen million. What do you do about scope? I You've got think, an. He's got another year I, I left in his him, deal. I don't. You don't have back. a choice. I. I. I don't think. Th- I think they will. And you know, he's always a guy that could be a. Whether he's playing second base or whether he could potentially play shortstop, see, which he could. I think Shaw wants to go back to third. That's, that seems more logical to me. If you just we can make that assumption that Shaw wants to play third. Sure. So that way you you, you thank Mustakas. You thank Mustakas for. For what he delivered this year, not, not only on the field but in the clubhouse. That's fair, but I mean, Musaka's the guy that what is just pretty re, or is pretty recently removed from hitting like 38 home runs in a season, like a full season at Miller Park. Make wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I, I get it. Then again, so is Scope. He hit 30. Well, yeah. So is Scope your starting second baseman? Arcia no. your shortstop, and Shaw back at third. You want to hear something nutty too? Because baseball refuses to conform with both leagues. So the series starts in Boston, right? The World Series, the Dodgers. And the Boston Red Sox. The dilemma now for Alex Cora is what do you do with Mookie Betts mm-hmm. or one of your outfielders, all right? There's talk that Mookie Betts could wind up playing second base uh, because of the lack of a DH when the games are played in Los Angeles. Because you got uh, J.D. Martinez is your normal DH, and he's going to play the outfield apparently. So then you got Jackie Bradley, you got Benedetti, Benedetti. Uh, they could they could put Bradley on the bench against left-handers because he has not hit lefties well, or you because Mookie Betts is such a good athlete, you mm-hmm. can play him at second base. How dumb is this? It is. This dumb. just points out because dumb this is about be baseball. Conformity. Yes, you should not be playing two different sets of rules. Imagine you get to the Super Bowl. It depends on the, which year it is. You're going to play right, by so AFC here, or here, NFC so rules. So here are your poll questions for today. As a Brewers fan, who do you root for? The Dodgers, the Red Sox, neither. I think it's either neither or the Red Sox. I don't think they can root for the Dodgers for any reason. Dr. J? I, I have no reason to root for the Dodgers. Right. I, I, I don't need to see Manny Machado happy. Yeah, as, even, you don't want to see him happy. Even if you don't have the uh, Brian Posick, the blood dripping off your uh, as lip. As a Brewer fan, part him, two, how much time will you spend watching the World Series now that the Brewers are on it? Not much. Really? Ooh. I'll watch, but it, it, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. obviously isn't must-see TV I'll, like it would have been now with the Brewers. But I'll definitely yeah, watch because I mean, I'm a big baseball fan. Say, I'll tune in. But, so you've lost but, interest in the sport itself since the Brewers well, got eliminated. I, I'm rooting for my team. I That's mean, it? Yeah. But it's the World Series. I, I'll tune in from time to time, but I'm not going to sit there religiously and sit down, hey, I, I can't get off of this couch for eight more innings. This, more this is a pretty intriguing matchup for the rest of the world. I guess it's two big cities with the with two of the well, three highest very, payrolls uh, uh, in the entire two, league. Like, with I, is two that teams intriguing? that are very good, very okay. good teams? You want the best teams playing? It for would it have all. been that way if the Brewers made it. If the World Series now were just one game, would you say your your interest in watching would be yes. different? Because when the Packers are eliminated from the NFL, whether it's the regular season or the playoffs, you don't not watch the Super Bowl because well, my team's not in the Super one Bowl. One last I mean, question: People still watch. Oh yeah, no, I, I would. Of do course, you, I'd watch. Is one there game. anything to Rooting for the National League because the Brewers are in the don't, National do League. Do not yeah. care about that at you don't all. Care. No. Why, like, Curious, do we get I'm some sort questions. of do we get some sort of financial bonus if if like who cares right? I don't know. There's it doesn't make any sense to for the National League. Like I don't know. I, I don't have any of those alliances at all. Wait, Other is, than the an- annoying uh, some New Englanders and and uh, bandwagon Red Sox fans that have come out of the woodwork, those are the only people I don't want to see happy. But I, I like the Red Sox team. There's a lot I of love star the ballpark. Power in the series. There is. Yeah, just can't root for the Dodgers, even though my, they're my dad's team. Maybe that's the reason why not to root for them. But then, like you said, you Machado and Puig and okay, those you're, guys. You're rooting. Because you're not rooting for them. You're rooting against them because of the Wieners. 
Uh, those for sure, and I don't. Does it make it more painful if the Dodgers, let's say, go on and win the World Series, especially if they win in handily? Do you now sit there and think, as a Brewers fan, yes. that should have been us? Yes, that should be us. Yeah, that might make it more so painful. He, so, in other words, it's too painful two. for yeah. you to watch. Would that be fair to say it's too painful to some for you degree? To watch? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're always going to think about what happens if we were there. I don't know. What unless, if, unless the Red Sox. What just if Chris come out Taylor and just doesn't catch that ball? If I, I don't think. They might still give up. I mean, because I, I think Sedano's coming in the next inning regardless. So I'm curious because if Clayton Kershaw has a great World Series, this could go a long way to race all those postseason uh, marks against oh, well, him. When he came had. into the game Saturday our, night, you knew it was over. Our for entire sure. section knew he was giving up a hit. It didn't matter who he was. Oh, is a lefty? Oh, who cares? <laughs> like, I, like I literally had to text my buddy who was by the bullpen. Said, "Is that Sedano out there?" He texted me, "Yes." I said, "No, no, okay. no, 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 Kershaw." Kershaw, when Kershaw, Kershaw came into Kershaw. the game oh, Saturday night. Oh, Kershaw. Oh, come on. It was over. It was over. But that's what I mean. Kershaw he pitched a great game. game five. He came in and pitched in this game on two days rest. Yeah. On oh, game yeah. seven. So over. when we come back, we'll talk with Matt LePay, the voice of the Badgers. He's up next on Lucas in the Morning. Receivers to the right, one to the left. Snap to A.J. Bush, looking, throws over the middle. That's intercepted T.J. Edwards at the 50, 45 to the 40, 35 to the 30-yard line of Illinois, and bumped out of bounds. Another interception for T.J. Edwards. I think that's the biggest thing uh, with our defense. You know, I think once someone makes a play, we just kind of feed off that, and we, we get things rolling. And uh, today we were, we were just talking about, you know, who's going to make that first play and, and who's going to spark it. So, uh, you know, when we get those things rolling like that, it's always a good time. Matt LaPay, our Badger Insider, is brought to you by Middleton Ford. If you don't see the Middleton Ford logo, you pay too much. MiddletonFord.com. Good morning. How you doing? Good morning. We've seen a lot of excellent linebacker play over the years here. Uh, but the play of of T.J. Edwards and Ryan Conley has raised the bar even a little bit more, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. I, Paul Chris was talking about it last week, even coming off the Michigan game, which, of course, turned into a tough night for the Badgers. But... He was raving about how well those two guys have played, and, and you could probably say that most weeks, it seems, with those two, the way they have come on. And um, you're right, they've had a lot of really good linebackers through the years, but I think these two have earned their way into that conversation, into some of the better ones that have come through here, at least in the last uh, two, three decades. Uh, you know, we met, there was the Craig Raddatz mentioned there, just in terms of the interceptions for a linebacker, but. Both of those guys make a lot of plays. If it's picking off passes, blowing up uh, screens, uh, doing whatever, they they have been very, very good in their careers. Mike was kind of joking earlier about how deep he had to go uh, in preparing for defensive backs and who was going to play. Uh, How did you think uh, all these different guys held up and put in some uh, new situations for them? They continue to be pretty good in that area when they're called upon. Saw it it certainly in the... um, in the Michigan game, and then unfortunately, a guy like Reggie Pearson, who makes his college debut and plays pretty well, ends up getting banged up. Uh, I mean, how can you not feel good for a lot of these guys if it's uh, a freshman or a guy who's been around the program for a long time, a senior named Evan Bondock, who's you know, been a been a guy. I think you just you get the impression that he's earned respect in that locker room for a long time. I guess it's easy to say that now after he comes in and. Forces a fumble and picks off a pass, but you know we had TJ on after the after the game on our on our network um, post game, and he brought it up. He was saying, "How about my guy Bondi?" That's it. That's a quote from <laughs> from TJ Edwards. So I mean, they were thrilled for him, and and that's cool to see because he, only those guys know how much 
work everyone puts in if you're the all-american player or if you're a guy just you know scratching to get on special teams waiting for your opportunity so they've made it work a lot of credit to those guys and, and a lot of credit to, to jim leonard the coordinator and that defensive staff they have they have hung in there with the youth the inexperience juggling with all the injuries uh, they're hanging tough it's possible the Big Ten will get blanked from the Final Four again, but mm-hmm. it's been it's going to be competitive down the stretch in both divisions. Uh, this week, I pointed out earlier, Matt, Wisconsin at Northwestern, Purdue at Michigan State, and Iowa at Penn State really will give us a, another look and perspective on, on the West Division race. Yeah, I didn't take the bait with, uh, with Purdue. I thought Purdue would play Ohio State well, and then Ohio State would pull away. What really stunned me in that game was the fact that deep into the game, Ohio State had six points. Uh, Purdue's defense has gotten better, and the offense can be electrifying, as Ohio State found out firsthand. Um, I guess I'm trying to be careful not to overreact off of a game. Ohio State, just when it loses, it gets drilled, (laughs) it seems, the last few years. But I still think it's a really good team. But if you're, you're right, though. I mean, if you're on the committee... And you, you know, the team that you figure is the most talented gets boat raced by an, an unranked team at the time. When you get down to, you know, to razor's edge decisions uh, as to who those four teams are going to be, that's that's a big hit. But now you want to see how they follow it up, right? We saw what Iowa did to Ohio State last year. Then Iowa came in here and Wisconsin stoned them. So now you want to see how Purdue follows that up, and you know, not even to mention the Wisconsin-Northwestern game. It's huge, huge in the West, and maybe the West is a little bit better than we thought. Um, you know, at least it's, it's proven that way to this point, the way Purdue has improved, Northwestern has improved, Iowa's good, Purdue is a very dangerous team. Uh, You've got a pretty exciting race going on over here. I think we'll get some more answers on Saturday. Before we let you go this morning, I want you to follow up on the Brewers season, uh, some of the highlights personally for from your perspective. Well, I'd say it was a gut punch what happened on Saturday. I guess I didn't need to say that. That's Captain Obvious. But I, I thought going in, Mike, they could be a playoff team. I didn't think they would win the division. I didn't see them passing the Cubs, but I thought they could get in. And, and did I think they would be on the brink of the World Series? I guess if you get in the, in the playoffs, you never know. But um, I was taking it in like any fan. It was pretty cool, cool to see the ride. And I think a big difference between now and in 2011 is that it sets up to have the core of the team back. Everybody who watched this Brewers team in 11, you knew that that was probably going to be it for Prince Fielder and Granke and a couple of others. Decisions to be made, to be sure, with a handful of guys. But when you've got Kane and Yelich and Braun and and Arcia, so on and so forth, and and most of your pitching in club control, you have a lot of reason to feel good that this team is going to be a very competitive team next year and for the foreseeable future. And you never know for sure, but to me that is a distinct difference between the Brewers right now moving forward as opposed to maybe the outlook – in 2011 you're optimistic they were optimistic back then but you knew there were going to be major changes with key players that's not the case nearly to the extent uh, as it was in 2011 it's a much different case this year that's what has me feeling good about them thanks Matt. we'll talk a little bit about wisconsin northwestern on friday morning sounds good thanks matt matt lapay our badger insiders brought to you by middleton ford if you don't see the middleton ford logo you paid too much middletonford.com last call next lucas in the morning
Welcome back, Lucas in the Morning. Last call, not that anyone shares, but David Bell is the new skipper in Cincinnati. Cool. David Bell, 46 years old. Brad Osmus has been recycled, and he'll be the uh, manager for the Angels. That'll work out well for him. And Joe Girardi still remains without a job as he's waiting for a better job, apparently. Uh, I think he's going to stay in the studio. You That's think so? probably his best job now, don't you think? Or do you think he's waiting to see what happens in Chicago where they might not be totally happy with your guy, the genius, and waiting to see if that... That's where his family is. So he well, wants he to stay home. Wa- then, he, then he can wait a couple of years. You think a couple yeah, of years? Yeah, okay. I do. All right. I think he likes a TV gig. Oh, no pressure. Maybe. I guess, does the genius get to still be in that gig for yes. a couple of years? Oh, he's going to John Gruden. One more. Oh, okay. Wait, wait for that one particular job to okay. come in. Hey, Alex Cora was working for ESPN. Right, he's shown that it can work. Yeah, he's, he's done a heck of a job with Boston. Bob Boone in New York with the Yankees. Uh, Not he was also oh, ESPN. Oh, oh, no. No. no, no, no rise. Here comes the judge. No. You brought it up, no, Rob. Thanks no. for listening to Lucas in the Morning. Dan Patrick Show is next. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.